0: Your number one source for election coverage and analysis.
1: This is Gerard at Large.
0: It is 18 minutes before the hour here on the Gerard at Large radio show. We continue with Ward 2 Aldermanic candidate Bob O'Sullivan. Brought to us by Manchester Mayor Ted Gatzis. The mayor stands behind O'Sullivan's bid for election. As do the concerned taxpayers of Manchester. You can learn about the mayor's 12-point blueprint. He says will harness the new energy... That is coming from the city's renaissance by going to Ted dot com slash plan. That's Ted dot com slash plan tackling the opioid epidemic, a primary issue of the mayor. He has been recognized nationally for his efforts to battle that here in the Queen City. And he says the next step is identifying safe, affordable recovery housing within the city to help those in recovery stay away from the neighborhoods and pushers that got them in trouble in the first place so that they can go on and reclaim their lives. Learn more at Ted com slash plan. That's Ted com slash plan. So Bob, um, I know the opioid crisis is something that you have paid a lot of attention to in this campaign. Um, Tell us why and tell us uh, what you think the city has done well, what you think it could do better and about changes you think need to be made and how the city, the state or anybody else approaches the opioid epidemic.
1: Well, I think, uh, you know Mary Gatsas has uh uh done a good job uh, uh doing what really the entire country's trying to do and uh, and so, uh helping um, you know these addicts get off of uh, uh, uh the opioids and and move on to a uh, a safe and productive life so you know the the plan that I talked about the thirty sixty ninety plan is not critical of uh, Mayor Gattis at all and and uh, but it's, it's I think just, it's
0: critical of anyone I think you're raising some very big issues just, on how and and you're trying to address frustrations that the mayor, uh, the police chief, the fire chief have with these uh, say good Samaritan laws that don't allow them to act on the scene of a drug overdose to arrest those involved with the obvious drugs that are being. Um, used there. I, I mean, at least I perceive that's part of what you're trying to address with your 30-60-90 day plan. So I'll shut up and let you yeah. uh, react to what I said and explain your plan.
1: Well, the treatment is, I mean, the, uh, the plan is treatment-based. I, I, I do want uh, the focus to be the fact that we're trying to save lives. Uh, I'm, I'm using a tool in our tool belt uh, that has not been used. Um, uh, and I, I understand that it can't be acted at the city level. I understand that uh, laws uh, would have to be changed or created. But uh, what I'm trying to open up the discussion to uh, bring light to the fact that what we're doing is not working well enough. The mm-hmm. numbers uh, I don't have the numbers in October, uh, but uh, the last numbers I had in September. Uh, they were, you know, we had the highest number of calls and the highest number of deaths. And uh, if we just continue doing what we're doing, um, uh, it's it's not going to change. If you don't right. make change, then nothing changes.
0: So, how would thirty, sixty, ninety work? Would uh, would people in your plan uh, end up with a criminal uh, a criminal a uh, record if they uh, um, go through this plan? So, tell us about the plan and. So the, Do they end up as criminals? Uh,
1: so right now, you know, uh, the the policy is revive and release. Uh, first responders uh, go to a call. Uh, they administer the Narcan. Uh, they're brought to the hospital, and they can either go to one of the city services or the state services, uh, or they can just go about their way uh, back to their uh, addiction. So revive and release. And I think that is uh, uh, expecting uh, an addict... Uh, that is uh, addicted to opioids, the strongest addiction that there is people say uh, to be able to just say, "Wow, that was a close call i'm not going to do this anymore i don't think that uh, obviously it's not working. Um, so what I want to do is is uh, have the addict uh, you know, go into you know protective custody possibly for seventy two hours and they, uh, during that time they go through uh, the drug court, but they would be uh, incarcerated in the in the house of correction here in Valley Street. Because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to correct the behavior. And uh, during that time, uh, they go through the drug court so that uh, they follow through with their program. They wouldn't have any kind of uh, criminal record. I don't want to have this be a a punishment. I Mm want to be able to have this to be a way for them to access um, uh, uh, a way to their sobriety. So during that time, uh, the 30 days in jail, on the first offense, they would have medical detox, they would have um, uh, professional counselors uh, that with uh, specializing in opioid uh, addiction. And it would also give uh, time for their friends and family to get involved and and hopefully help them continue their sobriety when they're going to get out in 30 days. Right.
0: So, and when they get out in 30 days, I would assume that they would be subject to the uh, terms and conditions of drug court supervision, yeah. doing the drug test, going through the program that uh, people who go through drug court go through, as over the next 18 to 24 months, I guess, is a typical sort of drug court supervision of somebody in recovery um, with the real threat, perhaps, of if they fail, they're back in jail.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, obviously, they would have to follow the terms uh, that uh, the drug court sets. And, so so you're, looking to and,
0: dr- you're looking to jumpstart their recovery rather than have them go and overdose again and get Narcan again and overdose again and get Narcan again and overdose again and probably end up succeeding in dying at some point in the future.
1: Well, you know, uh, where most of us are familiar with a family intervention, if that uh, if someone in the family is uh, uh, has an addiction, uh, that uh, and uh, people come together and they let them know that, you know, how their addiction is affecting uh, other people's lives. Mm-hmm. This is a community intervention. These people need a stronger way to to be able to get sober and realize that, you know, a few hours ago they were dead and that uh they if they do continue this process uh one of their um and one of these incidents you know could end up in their death um and so uh so this is not a perfect plan as i said before rich and what, what i would want to happen is to have people discuss it and if uh and put poke holes in it and uh you know maybe um you know make it better uh, you know, like I said, uh, have people you know uh, have the um, uh, fire chief and and uh, and the uh, police chief weigh in and say, "Listen, this is I understand that uh, this is your intention, but these are the challenges that we have, and this is how we overcome it."
0: Right. So, I mean, really, what you're looking to do is put a backstop behind this uh, revive and release, so that it can reasonably be brought to a conclusion without it being open-ended invitation to go and overdose again. Yes. Yeah, because that comes at a cost to the community
1: too. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, part of this when I'm walking the ward and talking to people is that you know people are getting uh, frustrated in the fact that uh, you know the city uh, parks um, and uh, you know the bathrooms and the restaurants, there's needles uh, everywhere. Um, You know, the it's it's a challenge for them. They want the city back, and I think that's part of it.
0: Now, what do you say to people who, um, well? We don't have the money to put all these people in jail. We don't have the facilities to put all these people in jail while well, they go through this recovery that you're mandating and you have people saying, well, you can't mandate recovery. People have to, quote, want it. Answer some of those those issues.
1: So, you know, uh, money, you know, budget, it's, it, it always comes up in everything. Right. And, 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 you know, I think that we need to define uh, the best solution and we need to fund it. Right. It's just, this is a matter. Well, are there uh, beds available
0: like, somewhere to do this? Yes.
1: Uh, so I've I, I've met uh, with uh, uh, Superintendent Dave Dion at the uh, House of Correction there on Valley Street, and uh, there is a whole unit available. There's 96 beds that are not being utilized, and the, he believes at the county jail at the county jail right yeah. on Valley Street. Right, and um, and he believes that uh, uh, he has the ability and the staffing uh, to build to um, address in the uptick of uh, uh, the number of folks that would have to you will know, be u- utilizing those beds.
0: Okay, so there are facilities, there's infrastructure in place to do this. Yes. Gotcha. And
1: and also, you know, people say, well, there's more drugs in jail than, than there are in the streets. And, you know, and I brought that up to Dave, and, and actually uh, the jail just was able to get a new x-ray machine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he said it cost about $120,000 to build to do a full-body x-ray of uh, people trying to smuggle drugs uh, into the jails.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, how, I mean... Uh, that's, I guess, another question. But it would seem to me that when somebody's visiting, those visits would be supervised by guards or other, or yeah. cameras or something, so that any contraband that passes would be seen and intercepted.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, I guess that's a little bit outside of my expertise. <laughs> um, so, right. um, you know, I haven't tried it. I haven't tried to receive it. I haven't tried to pass it along. So, yeah. um, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure uh, the. Um, the, um, uh, the the people that run the jail could comment on that better than me. Yeah. Well.
0: Yeah. Like I said, I don't expect you to answer for that. Yeah. The fact that people can smuggle yeah. the stuff in is is sort of a yeah. mystery to me.
1: Yeah. But it happens. So uh, you know. Uh, yeah. So I I I think that, and, and the other part of this is that there's already a counseling uh, uh, Keystone from Nashville is already uh, involved mm-hmm. um, in a SACO program that's already in the jail, so it's not like we need to you know, have a new program. We may need more counselors, and we'd have to fund that. Yes, we would. But I think uh, going back to, you know, how do you pay for this, I think we need to, uh, you know, come up with the best solution and then figure out how to pay for it. Right. So figure Uh, it out first and then... Right, and then say, okay, now how do we pay for this? Gotcha.
0: So what uh, we've talked taxes, we've talked the opioid, we've talked uh, union contracts, we've talked a, a lot of stuff in the last couple segments. We've got about uh, three minutes left. What are some of the other issues you see facing um, either the ward specifically or the city generally that, if elected, Bob O'Sullivan will make a priority?
1: Well, you know, we want to be able to welcome businesses. You know, I think the, the, the downtown is uh, going through uh, – uh, Revitalization. I think uh, I know that the the mayor is trying to push to get some more. uh, What was the number? 850 more uh, people living down there? Was that the number? Yeah, something like that. There's been
0: a lot of residential redevelopment of space on Elm Street and in the Mill Yard.
1: So I think, you know, having, uh, you know, looking at the uh, short term and long term plan, uh, uh, you know, to attract businesses and residents, uh, people living downtown, I think will help the tax base. Um, and I uh, and I think right now that, that we're going in that direction. Um, and I think the uh, you know the every uh, everyday things and this is where you know the bike lanes and this is where you know the um, the the usual calls I'm sure an alderman gets you know, hey you know the athletic field is not uh, you know looking up the park can you help me with that uh, you know so I think all those the the everyday stuff is is important as well. Uh, and but it's certainly not a platform uh, right. to be running on.
0: Now and this might sound like an odd question, but one of the things that I do is I review people's campaign finance reports, and I was struck, given will's how will touts his his economic development background as a former chamber executive and all that fun stuff that um outside of two hundred bucks that he spent at the the hippo press and his filing fees um most of the eight to ten thousand dollars that he's spent on websites, databases, mail pieces things like that have been spent in iowa australia israel wisconsin or minnesota one of those states uh, south carolina <laughs> signs i mean his even his signs are being bought out of state i just i looked at that and i'm like if you're all about developing the local economy shouldn't you support the local economy yeah,
1: that's a great question and uh I, you know i haven't spent the time looking at his finances uh, so uh you know it'd be nice to be able to ask will stewart that question have him answer that uh, certainly someone uh, with his background of working um, with the Manchester Chamber and the uh, Dairy London dairy Chamber and trying to build uh, local business growth, uh, spending money outside of uh, you know the state, but I would say this is a outside, uh, of the country. This is, uh, outside of the country, but even more so, this is a local election, and uh, you know he should be spending money within, uh, within the city to help the city.
0: All right. So, Bob, I'll give you uh, final thoughts here. I've uh, got about a minute or so to uh, share your final thoughts on this election with our audience.
1: Thanks, Rich. And uh, thanks uh, to your listeners. I, and, you know, I'm going to be out this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, uh, knocking on doors. I hope to see as uh, many people as I can. Looks like the weather's going to be good. Uh, I am a straight shooter. I'm going to give you the answers uh, uh, where I stand on the issues. Um, I'm not going to break the tax ca- uh, tax cap. Uh, I am going to um, live by that and I think that's important. Uh I am going to need everybody's help on Tuesday, uh, November 7th. Uh, according to Al Caprillion, that uh, the weather's going to be good <laughs> and um you know it's not going to be raining. So uh we need everybody to come out and vote and I ask for all of your support and your vote on November 7th. uh you know Bobble Sullivan Ward 2 Alderman, please vote for
0: me. You got a website or anything that people can yeah. check in with you on?
1: Yeah, uh osullivanforalderman.com. Uh people can go on there and uh, certainly read my 306090 plan uh in detail and uh drop me a note if you want me to uh, stop by if uh and I'll certainly come by and, and uh we can have a nice discussion about how to make the city Bigger, stronger, faster.
0: All right, Bob O'Sullivan, candidate for Alderman in Ward Two. Thanks for being here with us on the Toronto Large Radio Show. For what it's worth, as a resident of Ward Two, um, by your willingness to talk to us and your willingness to debate, you've earned our vote. I, as I told you, thank you. As I told you before, I was uh, initially going to stay out of this race for a number of reasons, not the least of which is, you know, the friendship I developed with Will over the time that he's been with us here on the radio show, but. At the end of the day, I can't let my personal feelings get involved with what I think is in the best interest of the city, and um, I think it's too bad that Will decided that having a discussion over the issues and um, where you guys stood and where you saw things moving, um, uh, to me that says more than anything he possibly could have said to annoy me on an issue that he wouldn't even have the discussion, and so that tipped the balance for me.
1: Well, thank you very much for your support, Rich. I do appreciate that. And thanks for getting the word out. Uh, and, uh, you know, Will Stewart, uh, if you're listening, uh, we still have a few more days left. So if, I'm sure we can do a special show here and the Rich Durade Show or uh, on his TV show. We're certainly able to do that. So uh, I welcome a debate between now and Monday.
0: All right. Well, I would clear the time in my schedule if so needed. We got to take a final check for traffic, weather and sports. We'll be back with a preview Monday show. We're not done yet. Stay with us. Alrighty, folks, on Monday, it's the day before the election. No safe spaces with Steve McDonald, the ins and outs of immigration with Ava, politically buzzed with Kimberly Morin. I'm sure she'll be talking about how her article caused the Manchester Police Department to drop the charges against a Manchester mom who wasn't endangering her children. Albert MacArthur Jr. is in the house. He's running for state representative in a special election in Ward 8, and Christopher Stewart will be in the house as well, plus we'll have everything we can possibly get over the air about what happened in the final weekend of the campaign here in the queen city monday is the day before election day we're ready will you be for the entire team here at drought at large i am your ever humble host rich gerard thanks for tuning in until monday be good be well don't do anything we wouldn't do uh we're proud to have in the audience thanks for being there please remember our sponsors give them the first opportunity to earn your business and let them know you heard about them on drought at large it matters